Daniel chapter 6. I, uh, I just want to give you a thought tonight, a little thought on prayer. And I'm going to give you, give you a, a Bible study. I'm going to do my best to stay in teaching mode. Uh, I really don't want to lose my voice and it feels like it's already headed out of here. Um, but I want to get to one thought. I, I love the Bible because it's alive, Brother Richard. The Bible is a book that you can pick up and no matter how many times you've read it, how many times you've gone through it, you can pick it up and God can open it to your mind and to your spirit something you've never seen before. And, uh, and God did that for me in my devotions last week. I was, I, I try my best to read through my Bible every year. I'll just admit to you, I don't always get through my Bible, Brother Joe, every year. I don't get all the way through. A lot of times I get tied down in a book and I read it again and again. And uh, I have this habit. I love the history of Israel. I love reading Samuel and Kings and Chronicles. I love reading through the history of Israel and the Kings. And, and, uh, and so I've read it many a time. But Brother Richard, I read a verse last week that hit me like never before. And no, no matter how many times I've read it, and Brother Steve, I've read through those three books a lot. Well, those six books, Chronicles, Kings, and Samuel. I've read through them over and over in my Bible study and in my devotions. I stay there a lot. But God opened up a verse to me, and I just want to give you some thoughts on prayer tonight and get to one thought, Brother Mike, just one thought and one verse that God made so real to me. Daniel chapter 6. Now, when you get there, uh, Daniel is in exile. He's in Babylon. Uh, he's a prisoner. And uh, he's here now in Daniel chapter 6. Darius is the, the king of the Median Empire. And uh, Daniel has such favor with, with God that God has given him favor with the kings and the rulers. <clears throat> and you know the story very well. And because Daniel had such favor with the king and the rulers, and Daniel was of high position, uh, there was a lot of jealousy in the kingdom. So therefore, the kings and the princes of the kingdom got jealous and they decided to turn on Daniel. And, and you know the story of Daniel chapter 6. They, they got together, they consulted. They're going to go to Darius and have Darius make a decree that uh, we're going to take care of Daniel. We're going to take care of Daniel. We're going to stop Daniel from his praying. We're going to stop Daniel in his tracks. We're going to go to Darius and say, Darius, now we've all met together. They're going to lie to King Darius. They've not all met together. They've not all consulted together. They left Daniel in the dark. But they go to King Darius and they declare to King Darius, now we've met together, we want you to make this decree. Uh, it's all about you, King Darius. It's all about you. And what man in authority doesn't want it to be all about him? I mean, all right, men, let's admit it. I, I, I have no problem admitting in my house, Joe Kramer in my house, it's all about me. That didn't go over very well. In my house, Brother Steve, it's all about her. I wish it was all about me. I mean, Brother Richard, I, I'm of the opinion, if I'm taking my whole family out to eat and I'm paying the bill, I ought to be the one choosing where we go. I mean, it's all about me, Brother Don. Well, when they come to King Darius and say, Darius, it's about you, man. It's all about you. We want you to make this decree. We want you to set this in law and set this in motion. 
And Darius listens to him, first key, or Daniel chapter 6, verse 8. <clears throat> now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. And wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, somebody got the message to him. Daniel, they met together. Daniel, they lied to Darius. Daniel, King Darius has made a decree that nobody can pray except to him and him alone. There's the law, Daniel. It doesn't change. Oh, and by the way, Daniel, um, if you pray to anybody except for King Darius, if you pray to God, if you pray to Jehovah God, you're going to the lion's den. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God, before his God, as he did aforetime. Now, don't miss, don't miss this. We're going to get to the verse in a little while and, and what's so important about this. And his window being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. And his window being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed. Now we, 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 man, I could, I could stand here tonight and teach brother Charles on why you should pray, how you should pray, what you ought to say when you pray. I mean, we know the instructions of prayer. We have been instructed to pray. There are commandments all through the scripture as to prayer. The instructions are Ephesians 16, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Luke 18, 1, and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. First Timothy 2, 8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. We know the commandments to pray. We know the instructions to pray. We could teach a long time on that, brother Mike, but that's not where I want to go. We know we ought to pray. How many in here know you ought to pray? I mean, if we pray out like, like we ought to, we don't. But Daniel did. Brother Richard, Daniel prayed. He knew the instruction of prayer. We know the insider, the wisdom of prayer. We know that prayer. Oh, man, we have no we have no problem with this, Brother Steve. We have no problem with the the, the insight and the wisdom of prayer. We get the opportunity to ask a holy God of the universe to come into our affairs and to take over. I mean, who better to, to call upon and let take over your situation? We know the insight and the wisdom of prayer. We know the instruction of prayer. We know the value of prayer. We know why we ought to pray. I mean, we reach our full potential for the kingdom of God through prayer. Through prayer, we can touch the heart of God. And I believe with all my heart, Brother Mike, I believe that the prayers of God's people can change the heart of God. You say, prove that. Well, Moses did. Brother Richard, the children of Israel were complaining against God and murmuring and griping. And God said, Moses, just let me wipe all them out. Let me destroy them. I'll start all over again. We'll start with a new nation. I'll just begin all over again. And Moses went to God and said, God, you can't do that. God, if you wipe out your people, then all the nations of the earth will say there's no God and they'll mock you and they'll make fun of you. God, you can't take out your people. 
And Brother Mike, Moses' prayer changed the heart of God. We know the, we know the instruction of prayer. We know the insights of prayer. And we even know the illustration or the person of prayer. Jesus was the example. We know all that. Matthew 14, 23. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Mark uh, 6, 16, or 6, 46. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. Luke 6, 12. And it came to pass in those days that he went into a mountain to pray. Jesus was the example. And if we ought to do anything, we ought to follow the example. Luke 9, 28, and it came to pass about in eight days after these sayings, he took Peter, James, and John, went up into a mountain to pray. Man, if Jesus was perfect and he had to pray and talk to his father, surely we need to. We know the instruction of prayer. We know the examples of prayer. We know why we ought to pray. We understand all this. But what was it? What was it that made Daniel pray? What was it that made him stop three times a day, open his window toward Jerusalem, Brother Joe, and pray? We could go back to chapter 1. You go back with me to chapter 1, and we could well say, well, number one, Daniel was prepared. Daniel was prepared. Daniel chapter 1, Nebuchadnezzar comes to Jerusalem. Then Nebuchadnezzar attacks Israel, and, and this is the judgment of God. God's hand is in all this. Nebuchadnezzar comes... And Nebuchadnezzar says to his, to his rulers and to, to his, his men and his generals, he says, now listen, when you get over there, when you get over there, I want you to do a certain thing. Now watch this. Daniel chapter 1, verse number 3. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. When he sent his eunuchs over to bring back the children of Israel, he did not say, Brother Mike, go over there and take the dumb kids on the street. He didn't say, go over there and take the ones that are out causing all the division and all the ruckus and, and the ones that are stirring up discord. Go out there and get the ones that are in trouble. And, and by the way, go down to the jail and just bring the ones that are in jail and bring them over here to us. Brother Joe, when, when Nebuchadnezzar sent his men down to Israel to bring back to Babylon, he went after the best. Daniel was prepared. Now, the Bible gives three keys right here. The Bible gives three keys. Number one, said he had no blemish. He had no blemish. Daniel lived right. He was prepared. He had no blemish. Number two, he was well favored. Daniel loved people. Daniel loved people. Moreover, uh, uh, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Uh, you ever met somebody? <laughs> I did. I, I did last week. You ever met somebody and you talked to them, and you knew number one, brother Richard, they didn't want to talk to you, and you knew number two, they had the personality of a wall. I walked into a I walked into a business to take a man something the other week, and uh, walked in, brother Richard, and there he was. I handed it to him. 
and I asked him a question. I said, how's it going, man? How's the, how's the enrollment for your school? I was at a, I was at a church with a Christian school. How's it going, brother? How's the enrollment for your school next year? Good. Hey, man, y'all looking forward to good? Yeah. Hey, brother, can you give this to your son? All right. I walked out and I said, that man has the personality of a wall. Like, he obviously didn't want to talk to me. Daniel wasn't that way. Brother Don, Daniel was well favored. He loved people. He loved being around people. Obviously. They brought back the best. Daniel was a prepared man. That's why he prayed. He was prepared to pray. He was prepared to pray. It wasn't something that was haphazard to him or half-hearted. Daniel was well prepared. And then he was skillful. That means he learned well. We live in a generation. Boy, i got to preach this to the teenagers. We live in a generation that says, oh, let's just be like everybody else. We'll just get by. Well, you know, my kids, my kids don't have to have a big education to make it in life. They can have street smarts. Well, you can. You can have street smarts. I got a whole lot of that, Brother Paul, growing up. Brother Richard, my dad pastored a church, and my dad did everything in that church. I mean, if there's a busted pipe in the yard, you know, we went out there and dug it up. And Dad taught me how to fix pipes, and Dad taught me how to plumb. Dad taught me how to do electrical work. Dad taught me how to uh, hang sheet rock. I, I learned a whole lot of street smarts, but I couldn't make a job at it. I can tell you, I couldn't make money at it. I couldn't do it fast enough, Brother Richard. People like Brother Richard know how to make money doing it. It'd take me too long to try to make money doing it because of my so-called street smarts. That's why I got book smarts. But can I say it's okay? It is okay to be educated and prepared? I mean, you ought to get, in this day in which you live, I think you ought to tell your children, tell your grandchildren, get everything you can. I tell our teenagers, uh, when you graduate, go to college. Get everything you can. Now, I know college isn't for everybody, but go get everything you can. Be well-educated. Daniel was. Daniel wasn't haphazard with this thing. He was prepared. So therefore, Daniel prayed because he was prepared to. He had been educated to. He knew how. He was a prepared man. Number two, Daniel prayed because he was purposed. Now, Nebuchadnezzar gets him back to Babylon, and you know the story of Daniel 1. Nebuchadnezzar says to all that, now we're going to make our meat. We're going to have our feast. We're going to serve you our meat. You're going to eat everything we have. And Daniel knew that meat had been sacrificed to idols. And Daniel, the Bible says, Daniel 8, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. Daniel was purposed. He was not half-hearted. He was not irrational. Daniel did not make a sudden choice about it. Daniel had already purposed that he was going to be different. I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. My dad had a saying when I was growing up, Brother Don. <coughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Just put up with me a few minutes. My dad had a saying, Brother Mike, that he said over and over. I taught it to my boys. I've said it many a time to the young people preaching. There's a thing about purpose. Make a choice before there is a choice. So when there is a choice, 
there's really no choice. Now let's get the meat of it. Make the decision here before the decision comes here. So when the decision comes here, the decision's done been made. Make a choice before there's a choice. So when there is a choice, there is really no choice. Daniel made that choice, Brother Don. He was purposed. Daniel could go to his window three times a day and pray because he had already purposed he was going to pray. Can I say to you, you know the instructions to pray. You know how to pray. You know you ought to pray. But you'll never pray till you purpose to be a prayer warrior. Somebody will say amen right there. We make, prayer a, we make prayer a last resort in our life. Oh, Lord, I'm in bed now. And, Lord, I really want to sleep. Lord, would you let me sleep tonight? And, and Lord, um, Lord, you know Brother Clarence up in the hospital. And, God, I pray you touch him, Lord. And, and uh, Lord, you know he needs a physical touch. And, and, and Lord, touch Brother Joe and just, just give him favor this week where he is. And, and uh, now, Lord, I really want to sleep tonight. And it's been good to talk to you a minute. Thank you, Lord. And that's how the average Christian approaches prayer. Because we're not prepared and we're not purposed. Daniel was. Daniel was prepared. Daniel was purposed. So Daniel prayed. Daniel knew what it was to know the power of prayer. So three times a day, he opened his window toward Jerusalem. Daniel prayed number three. Because he knew he was past hope without God. Daniel chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. The dream of the great statue. The head of gold. There's the shoulders of brass. and There's the great figure, Brother Richard. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, but he doesn't understand it. And then he can't even tell it. He doesn't really remember it. But he knows he's had a vision and a dream. So he calls the wise men. And you know the story of Daniel chapter 2. He calls the wise men and he says, okay, tell me my dream. And they're like, um, well, you got to tell us first, king. No, no, no. Tell me my dream. You're so wise. Tell me my dream. And Brother Mike, they should have. I mean, if they were so wise, they should have been able to. But they couldn't. And so Nebuchadnezzar gets mad about it and, and gets enraged. And he says, okay, if y'all can't tell me my dream, then I'm just going to kill all of you. And I'll get some more wise men. And they go to Daniel because they know Daniel is smarter and they know Daniel is wiser and they know Daniel has favor and they know Daniel can get through to somebody that they can't get through to. And they said, Daniel, um, if you don't do something, king's going to kill all of us. And Daniel knows, Daniel knows, Brother Joe, that without God, he's without hope. He is past hope without God. So he gets down on his knees with Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and they go to praying. They seek the face of God in prayer. They're asking God to move upon them. General 2.18, uh, 17, Daniel went into the house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah's companions that they would desire the mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. Verse 23, I thank thee and praise thee, O God, my Father, who has given me wisdom and might, has made known unto me now what we desired of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Daniel said, Lord, if you don't do this for me, I'm gone. We're dead. 
We're past hope. Uh, Lord, we need you. Nebuchadnezzar's going to kill us. <coughs> so, Lord, I need you. So here I am, Lord. going to talk to you and tell you I'm nothing without you. I want to say that's a pretty good place to get to in prayer, Brother Don. When you realize that you're, you're hopeless without God, and after all you've done, you just take your hands off of it and say, okay, God, your turn. And haphazardly we do that. Well, maybe I'm the only one. Y'all are, y'all are spiritual. Y'all don't do that. Now, Lord, I tried. And uh, Lord, since I can't do it, it's your turn. No, Daniel knew he was past hope. Daniel knew if God didn't show up, it was over. And Daniel prayed. Daniel prayed because he was prepared to pray. Daniel prayed because he was purposed to pray. Daniel prayed because he was past hope without God if he didn't pray. <clears throat> oh, that's awesome. I love that. I love every part of that story of Daniel, Brother Don. And I thank God that Daniel was prepared and he was purposed. And he knew that without God, he was past hope. Praise God. Daniel prayed. But let me give you the reason right here in chapter 6. In chapter 6, where Daniel prays and calls upon God three times with his window open toward Jerusalem. Why did Daniel pray with his window open toward Jerusalem three times? Not just because he was prepared, not just because he was purposed, not just because he was past hope without God. Why did Daniel stop and pray with his window open to Jerusalem? Let me give it to you. He prayed with his window open to Jerusalem, Brother Don, because of a promise. <coughs> Here's my verse. 1 Kings eight forty four. If thy people go out to battle against their enemy, whithersoever thou shalt send them, and shall pray unto the Lord toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house that I have built for thy name, then hear thou in heaven... Their cause. Solomon said to God. Back in 1 Kings. God I built you a house. And if our people. Are out at war. And they'll stop. And they'll turn their face toward thy city. And the house I've built. God I want you to hear. Well they're past war. They're prisoners. They're not just in it brother Joe. They're past it, and they're prisoners, and they're captive in Babylon. But Daniel knew the teaching of the scriptures. and Daniel knew that Solomon had made an agreement with God. And there was a promise, Brother Don, that if he set his face toward the holy city of God and pray to that house where God dwells in and where God abides, God was going to hear you ought to pray tonight because of the promises of God. You ought to pray because of the promises of God. Uh, and they're all through the scripture. If I went on this, we'd be here a long time, Brother Joe. Call unto me and I will answer thee. Show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. <clears throat> uh, 
Let, let's go on. Let's go on. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we have access to the throne of God. That's a promise. That's a promise. We're partakers of the divine nature of God. The promise of God. Uh, the promise of God, we have hope of eternal life. The promise of God, we have peace. We have comfort. We have strength. We have protection. We have healing. We have answered prayers. We have forgiveness. We have restoration. We can come to God because of the promises. And I don't care which one you claim, whichever one you need for today, there's plenty of promises, Brother Steve, to stand upon and say, Lord, now you promised. And I know people say, you don't have to tell God what he said. I know I don't have to, but uh, your boys do it to you too. Now, Dad, you said. And when they say, Dad, you said, Brother Don, did Shane ever do that to you? Now, Dad, you said. <clears throat> Dad's going to come through right there. I know it very well. When I was a teenager, we grew up on my grandpa's farm. And uh, Brother Mike, we picked beans. We picked purple whole peas. We dug potatoes. We picked corn. Uh, we even cut watermelons off the vines. Green beans, pole beans. And then we had to work. I am of the generation that knew how to snap beans and open them uh, purple hole peas and, oh, God, your thumbs would hurt. I grew up doing that. Our kids today don't know anything about that. We went out to Grandpa's farm one day, Brother Richard. We picked, we picked five buckets of purple hole peas that morning. And, uh, and I really enjoyed I enjoyed in the winter what we did in the summer. I enjoyed the squash and the okra and the peas and the beans and the tomatoes. I enjoyed the winter. But I didn't enjoy the summer part, Brother Richard. This one morning we went out there and we picked them. We come back. Dad just dumps them all out in the back of the trunk and that big old trunk of that Pontiac Le Mans he had, Grand Le Mans. And we get back and we get to the, to the church parsonage, Brother Don, and Dad goes, All right, boys. Y'all get all them purple hole peas snapped and get them out. Mama's going to freeze them. I tell you what, boys, I tell you what, boys, if, if, if y'all get all that done, I'll take y'all down to the ball game tonight. We'll go to the Braves game tonight. Brother Richard, I went to town on purple hole peas. I went to town. Oh, man, we, we snapped. Brother Mike, we's a, man, we was just snapping them things run a bowl into mom, dump it, come back out in the garage. We was getting all we could, Brother Mike. About 3 o'clock that afternoon, Brother Steve, we finished. And uh, we run over to Dad's office. Dad, we're done. We got them done. We're done. We're going to clean up. You can take us to the ball game. And my dad goes, well, boys, they're saying it's going to rain out the game tonight. We'll go another night. And I said, but dad, you said, dad, you said, if we got done, you'd take us to the ball game. 
Dad, you said you would take us to the ball game. Dad, we want to go to the ball game. Now, son, listen, it's going to rain it out. There's no need to go down there. We'll go another night. Dad, you said we were going to the ball game. Dad, we want to go to the ball game. I want to go to the Brave Stadium. Best place to go, Chief Nakahoma, the TP. We always sit down there under the TP, Dad. I want to go to the ball game. You know what my dad did, Brother Mike? He went down to the house, cleaned up, changed his clothes, took us down down in Atlanta. For Charles, we went to the ball game. Because Dad said we would. And Joe, about the bottom of the second inning, I guess, it dumped a, a load of rain. And that ball game was over. And we got in the car, Brother Mike, and Dad said, I told y'all, boys. Told y'all it was going to rain. I told you we'd go another night. I said, but Dad, Dad, but Dad, you promised and you kept your promise. Dad, you kept your promise and we got to be with you. We come all the way down to the stadium. We got to see Chief Nakahoma run from the, from the pitcher's mound all the way out there to the bullpen. Dad, it's so awesome. You know what I didn't care about, Brother Mike? I didn't care that it rained the game out. I cared that Dad kept his promise. And there's a much better dad than mine. And mine was the best, Brother Don. Mine was the best. But there's a much better father than my earthly father. That's made a whole bunch of promises. And you can pray because God promised. I just think God's people ought to pray. So Lord, teach us to pray based upon your promises. Thank you, Lord, for the time with our people.